So I think there is still a taboo. I mean, I'm, I, I'm quite visual. I walk around in shorts and T-shirts with metal limbs showing. And even now, um, even over the weekend, you know, I'll be on the beach and kids will always come and ask, which is brilliant. And, and for someone like me, I'm very outgoing. I'm happy to chat to the kids and explain what's going on. But you can still see that parents are a little bit reluctant, a little bit worried that they're going to upset. Around 1 in 15 of us has a disability, yet still it can be a misunderstood and even taboo subject. In 2017, the government published a disability strategy, which it updated last year. It aims to improve the lives of disabled islanders, but also to raise awareness of the issues that disabled people face, among the other 75%. This week, as part of the next phase of the strategy, and coinciding with the start of the Paralympic Games in Tokyo, an online survey has been launched, which is open to every islander, disabled or not, to complete. Stuart Penn, a para-martial arts world champion whose day job is operations manager at Skills Jersey, joins me now to explain why the survey is important. So Stuart, you're involved in the, uh, the launch today of the disability survey. Can you just tell me a little bit of what it's about? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I've been brought on board for this um, pretty much, if you like, as a sort of face to actually get it out there because I don't mind doing public speaking. Um, I've got several limbs missing, which I'll go into in a minute. Uh, But the whole point of this survey is to actually get everyone feeling comfortable and having their say, Um, not just people with disabilities, but actually people who who are able-bodied or know people with disabilities or people just want to have an opinion and want to have a say about the wider strategy and just to make disability uh, a conversation piece to actually get it visible, to get it accessible, to get people able to talk about it as though it's, as though it's not a taboo. Do you think there is still a hesitancy to talk about disability that people still feel a little bit awkward? Yeah, I think they do. I think naturally, I mean, there's, there's to coincide with the Paralympic Games starting today is that they've got their launch in a global campaign. So actually we're, in Jersey, we're, we're kind of one step ahead of them in that we were already going with this a little bit and timed it well. There's the um, the we, we the 15 is a campaign. It's a global campaign to actually look about talking about disabilities, but also in a more practical way to get away from the taboo, to get away from people being scared to have a conversations and also to steer people not just towards the elite, if you like, the putting people on pedestals when they achieve things with disabilities, but also what about their day-to-day life? What about how they get dressed? What about looking after the kids? What about the fact that they, people with disabilities are just human beings that do the same as everyone else? So I think there is still a taboo. I mean, I'm, I, I'm quite visual. I walk around in shorts and T-shirts with metal limbs showing. And even now, um, even over the weekend, you know, I'll be on the beach and kids will always come and ask, which is brilliant. And, and for someone like me, I'm very outgoing. I'm happy to chat to the kids and explain what's going on. But you can still see that parents are a little bit reluctant, a little bit worried that they're going to upset. And I, I understand that. And for some people with disabilities, that there is still that taboo as well for them. So this is kind of not just for people, able-bodied people to feel more comfortable about talking about disabilities, but also disabled people like myself as well, being able to talk about it, to, to be able to feel that they can just have a conversation and share this. And we you know, we aren't superheroes, but also we're not someone to pity. You know, we're, we're just human beings. We're about to see the, the Paralympics. Um, how important has that been in, in seeing high level disabled sport 
in furthering the cause, in, in, in reducing that stigma? It's so important. I mean, I was involved in um, disabled athletics 20 plus years ago. Uh, and when I competed internationally, it was embarrassing. You turn up, you get a free T-shirt and a free medal just for turning up. You know, and I, I'd, I'd competed in able-bodied sports for years at quite a high level. So I, I just couldn't believe it. Now, it's come so far. It is now, I mean, you see, it, it gets the same coverage as the Olympics. They're, people are held up in the same esteem as the Olympics. It is people that are training elite to achieve something and I think what, what, what we want to have the conversation about is actually it's only the same as you know yourself seeing the Olympics you, you know you might you might be as fast as as you say Bolt I don't know but you, you you look at that and be inspired by it but it's inspired in the, your, your day-to-day life you know you might want to get fit you might want to run more just from seeing that or take up a new sport so it's exactly the same for disabled people we don't all see the Paralympics and go that's it I'm going to go and do the Paralympics it might be oh, I've never had a go wheelchair football or wheelchair rugby or you know I'm going to have a go at that and see if I can try it and it's part of the role of your role but also the 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 team that are building the disability strategy is to make sure that disability features in everyday strategies for instance earlier this year we had the launch of of the 10-year sports strategy and and part of your role presumably is to make sure that disability is an integral part of that Definitely. The whole point, I mean, we've got the whole Embrace Our Difference campaign going on with the survey that we've opened. And it is the key areas aren't just about kind of talking about disability. It's actually linking in with everything, whether that's health, well-being, education, employment. It's actually, yeah, let's let's look at it. There's always going to be a disabled person in all of those strategies. There needs to be a disabled mention in there. We need to take it into account and, and be comfortable enough to have conversations about it so that it isn't a, a fear of having the conversation and we have to do something special about it. It's the same conversation is for everyone else just with dis- mm-hmm. disability in mind so we're, we're looking the survey is going to draw out perceptions it's going mm-hmm. to identify stigmas let's look at your own personal story and perhaps you could just explain about some of the challenges that you've overcome um, and perhaps because we're a pod um, starting off <laughs> with explaining your your own your own disability <laughs> certainly um, you, you might have to cut me short anyone that's ever heard me speak before is that I can do about three hours talking about myself it's my favorite subject um, <laughs> I was well, basically, let's go. <laughs> I was born uh, with just one fully formed limb so I have my right leg missing through the knee uh, I have my left arm missing just below the elbow uh, I also have my left foot and leg so there's the fibula missing from my left leg which gives me a deformed small foot with just two toes which is kind of stuck in a pointed down position uh, which means I walk a bit like a T-Rex if I don't wear a prosthetic limb on that side as well and now on my right leg that I talked about that was missing through the knee I actually had half a foot on there uh, which was amputated when I was a baby my parents took the decision to amputate that so mm. that I could wear prosthetic limbs mm. um, the bizarre thing is, is that they left the heel and the Achilles tendon on that residual limb or that stump as well as we call them um, which makes a lovely bell shape which actually gives me the benefit a lot more uh, grip if you like on prosthetic limbs than most other people mm. so uh, you know I'm, I'm 40 <laughs> and so I grew up in a time when uh, my first leg it was literally a wooden peg leg it, it, did, it didn't have a foot on it was just a piece of wood that stuck down and was strapped onto my waist by a leather band. Uh, and my parents uh, tell me the story that, you know, they took four-year-old Stuart to go and get his first wooden leg and he was so excited that I was going to be able to walk and I was going to be just like all the other kids, got there and saw this peg leg hmm. um, and obviously burst into tears. Um, but one of the key things that it ties into kind of overcoming diversity and being able to have the conversation is that my parents at that point just had a conversation with me. They said, well, what's wrong? You know, what is it that's upsetting you? And the simple answer was, I went to see two feet. 
when I looked down at my trousers, I wanted to see two feet sticking out, uh, like every other kid. So my parents went, all right, well, that's easy to solve. So they got a boot, they got some 1980s sellotape and sellotape the boot to the leg. So I was happy. So it was that, it wasn't that fear of conversation. It wasn't that sudden, oh no, we need to backtrack and get him away from this and put him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, which isn't a good idea because if you've only got one hand, you're just going to go around in circles. Mm. Um, so they, we found a solution and adapted it and overcome it. And it was a simple solution. So it is that that's kind of set the standard for me always throughout my life is that actually let's have a look at this. What do I, what's, what do I want? How do I get it? If my disability is making it a challenge, how do I overcome it? Um, so, you know, I grew up with those sort of legs throughout most of my teenage years. Um, I did go to, if you like, normal school. Mm. My parents wanted me to go to a, a normal public school. There was special schools at the time, but they felt that you know, the challenge was there. I should you know, embrace it as much as I could. And, uh, you know, I was lucky in that I went to a school where everyone just treated me as normal. Yes. You know, it wasn't this stigma. Now I walked a lot slower than people, especially as you know, wooden legs are created by carpenters. So they used to make them six inches longer than they needed to be so that as a child I could grow into them so you know I walked funny I looked different but other than that very much treated the same and in some ways that was a success there was no extra uh, provision given to mm. me it was a case of okay let's do this now I'm sure that you know people did look after me people were aware of it you know they'd have conversations about me but there was never a big issue made out of it and that's what I like about Jersey's approach if you like to this survey and to this conversation it, it's it's not a big deal we're not making yes. we're not just targeting okay disabled people tell us your thoughts we're asking everyone it's a conversation for everyone to have and how we're all one society we've got a lovely close community here that works together it's that conversation of this is this is here it's normal let's have a conversation about it and let's move it on and I think throughout my life has always been a little bit like that you know whenever I've come across challenges come across things it's a case of okay well if that's upsetting or if this is difficult how can I adapt it how can I move around it and if you hold that inside and don't have that conversation yes. it's difficult to move on mm. and in terms of you, you were we were in the segregated school you were you were fully in, in, immersed in in in, in um uh a normal life yes. and, and was that was that the uh, the exception or was that the norm for society at that time it was definitely the exception at the time it, it wasn't the dumb thing it was a, a case of i mean yeah, my parents said they did have to fight for me to be allowed to go to a normal school mm. it was more of a thing that you went to a special school where people could have special provisions around you and that's understandable you know you do whenever i talk to people with disabilities um i, I spent many years working with people getting over accidents or people in the military overcoming uh, loss of limbs. And I always start at the point of start with nothing and see if you can adapt yourself. Then when you realize actually I've gone as far as I can with no support, help, technology, um, changes to the landscape or the buildings, that's when you then bring those in. Mm. Because actually if you, you want to have that self-confidence that you can get from A to B. You want to know that you've got that ability to do it within yourself. However, you do. You might need some help. You know, we all do. You know, if I if I take my prosthetic limbs off, those stairs we just walked up would take me a lot longer and be a lot more difficult. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you do need those support of those devices, but it's ascertaining what you need um, and being able to ask for it and being able to. Do it. And I think that's another thing is, is is never being scared of asking for help. Mm. And part of that is that taboo. Um, part of we mentioned with things like the Paralympics of putting people with disabilities on pedestals uh, and, and really praising them is then that can create a fear of them asking for help 
Um, yes. you know, my, my wife's uh, quite funny caught me out once I was putting cufflinks in to go out on a big night out black tie and I was so determined to put the cufflinks in with my mouth using my teeth on my right hand that I, it took me 25 minutes and I came downstairs really pleased with myself and I've, I've done it and my sleeve was just covered in saliva the shirt was aware but my wife's just like why didn't you just ask me to do it and it's like okay, yeah okay so this is, you know you've got to understand when you've got to start asking for help as well have you have you to get where you you are now, has it required more tenacity than perhaps if if you were if you didn't have a disability? Have you have you had to develop a a, a, a mindset, a determination to overcome your disability? I think I'm fortunate in that you know, my my parents very much brought me up in that mindset in that you've got to do it. You you are you know to tie my shoelaces. They they'd leave me there with shoes for however long it took to learn to tie my shoelaces on my own and I'm fortunate in that obviously being born with it with dis- limbs missing and disabilities I've never known any difference so for me to do it I've I'm, I'm learning from ground zero whereas you know, if you've lost limbs or there's other impacts then it is more difficult um, there's without a doubt because you know the difference and you've got to overcome that but then you can still get the same mindset uh, it, it's cliche but people always say you know we all learn to walk, walk as babies and, and you know you see a baby learn to walk how many times do they fall over they don't give up after the 15th 16th time and decide walk is not for me i'll just crawl around for the rest of my life but you know so we've all got that inside of us because we all learn to walk if we're able to it's it's sometimes just tapping into that and making sure that we don't forget how much we can achieve how much you know if you're resilient and determined you can achieve things sometimes it's difficult sometimes it's slower sometimes you have to do it a little bit of a different way but, but you can get there mm. and your, your your primary role is within skills jersey yes um in your day-to-day job is your disability a factor at all no it isn't i mean very much um working at skills jersey it's all about skills education careers guidance or uh, looking at the world of work and actually how do we bring that into school so actually nothing to do with my disability it's quite funny because people often assume you know i do uh, public speaking about my disability in my life and people assume that that's my job and it's actually well no actually I've, I have a day job as well if you like yeah. uh, so it is it's completely separate uh, you know but it does it does help with uh, that mindset again for young people it's easy for us to be in school looking at jobs looking at the world changing and, and not being you know seeing no way of no way through it you know and it's being able to put across that there's always a way through things you just have to find the way mm. and and Looking at, at Jersey and what you've experienced in Jersey, you, you mentioned about how stairs, this is an old building, it wouldn't be ideal for, uh, for, for someone in a wheelchair, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, how far along the journey is Jersey in generally and, and how far do you think it, it has to go and what, it, and what does that end goal look like? I, I think Jersey is... <laughs> I don't want to say hampered, but we have a lot of old buildings, you know, it's, mm. it's a, which is lovely because it actually makes the island you know, more attractive, it makes it lovely. But we do need to start looking at actually how do we make things accessible. And that isn't just stairs, ramps, disabled toilets. Again, that's the beauty of kind of what, what the, the, the disability team here in Jersey are doing is they're looking across the piece, you know. There's all sorts of disabilities out there. There's, there's the hidden disabilities that aren't as visual as mine that people don't take into account. People probably don't talk about enough. It's getting 
those sort of disabilities talked about and uh, out so that we can look at the accessibility for those people, whatever that might be. It might not be anything to do with stairs. It, it might be more the atmosphere, the noise, it, how it looks. It, we've got to work across the piece to be able to talk and have conversations about that. And I think Jersey's great step ahead, if you like, to counter our logistical problems with mm. old builders is that we are a close community. You know, I've lived here for over 10 years now and it is just being able to see that people do care, people do see, you see the same people day to day, people do want to invest in each other and look after each other. So I think if we're slightly backwards with our poor buildings and our old buildings are slightly hampered by that, we are further forwards in the fact that we have a community that wants to talk about this and wants to do their best they can to make yeah, life accessible for everyone. Mm. And, and by talking about it, do you think um, perhaps a goal is that um, that disability doesn't matter or doesn't become a topic because people don't consider it. It's just as normal as a door, as a wall, as a normal person. It's just, is that, is that the end goal? Or do you think um, disability in itself should perhaps be celebrated? I think the end goal is that it all becomes just an easy conversation. It's something we can all talk about, no matter what it, what it is, whether, you know, whether we're talking about race, whether we're talking about gender, whether mm. we're talking about disability. It's being able to have that conversation openly and without any fear or taboo and not going one way or the other. It's just how we would communicate with that person as a person. You know, it's actually, you know, if we go, mentioned if you put people on pedestals or if you pity people, then we're, we're, we're going too far one left or right. Mm. We want to make sure that we're in the centre. It's something where we can all have a conversation about and feel that we can talk about it and understand it better because you know, people need to ask questions. People need to understand. You know, you can, you can hear me even talking about hidden disabilities and clearly I don't know a lot about them because there is still that taboo of having conversations with people. You think, oh, well, I know they've got a blue badge, but I don't understand what it is or what wrong mm. with them because i can't see metal bits sticking out of their shorts mm. you know so it's getting to the point where actually we can all talk about it, we can all understand and actually consider that everyone is a person uh, and a human being and whether they've got disabilities or whatever it is they're there and we can have that conversation with them which which brings us neatly on to, to the back to the um back to the survey tell mm. me a little bit about it in terms of um who you're trying to get to mm -hmm. um to engage with it and just um you know really just to to perhaps allay any fears that it might be it might be a weighty tome it might take too long it, it, just tell me a little bit about what, what people can expect and then and then tell me how people can access it yes certainly i'm glad i put my money where my mouth is and completing the survey mm -hmm. myself this morning uh, so the whole point it is as I, I know i keep saying it but it's opening up the dialogue it's having the conversation about disability um you can access it on gov.je just put search for disability survey obviously there's a lot of um, social media out there at the moment about it you click on it it does not take long as uh, so I, I did it this morning i think it took me less than five minutes um it's very clear it's very easy to understand and actually it's targeted at everyone and it's the way the questions are are, are phrased is that, so that you can if you have a disability you can answer them and if you don't have a disability you can answer them. if you know what someone with a disability you can answer them it is there for everyone to be able to have their peace and have their say and just so that we do feel that taboo washing away that we can talk about that we can get people having that conversation completing the survey um it it's easy to do but also I noticed you can also win £150 well, oh, which I didn't know about until I completed it this morning <laughs> so if you want to also enter that in the competition that, that's another little bit of in, in incentive for you and, and finally Stuart what will um, once the, 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 the deadline's complete and you have this data what, what will happen to the responses what, how will it 
form the next step of the strategy? I believe that the plan is that it will inform the wider strategy through working groups, the information will be looked at, it will be then taken out to all the different stakeholders to actually see how we can drive this forward, what is next for Jersey. Stuart, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks to Stuart Penn for talking with me today and thank you for listening to the Bailiwick podcast. You can find the podcast on all the usual pod places and don't forget to like and share. The music at the beginning and the end of this podcast is I Shift by Weight by Luno. Tune in next week for more. (laughs) 